Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people or organizations having a big impact here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. And joining us to start the show is Dr. Tanja Grimble. She's going to talk about computer science education presented as a sport. The nonprofit STEM It Up Sports is reaching kids and adults with innovative collaborations never dreamed of before. Dr. G, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chris, and thank you for having me. Oh, I've been looking forward to talking to you about STEM It Up Sports and not necessarily on a sports tip, but the fact that you are making uh, knowledge about technology available to just about everybody, but specifically for kids. Can you talk about how you got started and, and what STEM It Up Sports is really all about? Well, great. Um, I really started um, STEM It Up Sports with the idea of servicing senior citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad, who is a big fan of yours, by the way, he's passed away. Um, he had a stroke some years back. And so technology was really one of the items that really helped him, you know, um, keep his cognitive skills in play. Right. Right. And I started, you know, reading these articles that talked about the more seniors engage in technology, they decrease their chances of Alzheimer's and dementia. And so I just decided that what if we introduce the technology and it be in the form of a ro- of robotics and we can teach them how to code because, when you're doing computer science, there's all these components that are happening in your brain that's just making you think three steps ahead of your your coding process, your programming. And that's exactly what the CR, you know, that cognitive response needs to, for the brain and to keep stimulated as you get older. And so we are on all cylinders with that when we're young and fresh and our, in our mm-hmm. thinking. But as we get older, this starts to, you know, decrease a little bit. And so... Lo and behold, they loved it. I was teaching, you know, my oldest participant at that time was probably 83. Mm-hmm. And we had an NBC special happen and all of a sudden everyone was calling me about it. And so I said, okay, I got a really great program here that, and I know would sit really well with kids, um, but it was initially started for senior citizens. And so then that's when STEM It Up Sports just evolved because we wanted to make sure that everyone has access right. to this type of technology. We don't have to start it when something happens or when we're trying to restart the brain. We can start it when the brain is just right on this tipping point and recognize the fact that there's all these jobs that are out here that need people to fill these jobs. And we have to start early with kids 
um, so that they can develop and grow and enjoy STEM in a way that hasn't been introduced before um, to most kids. This is absolutely amazing. And again, I love the story about you starting with the seniors. And again, I appreciate your dad uh, keeping up with me while he was with us. And it reminds me of my dad. And I want you to give me a parallel or or tell me what you think about this. My dad is like 85 right now. And he Mm -hmm. is online all the time because he is a historian. I say historian. That's not his, his, his day job. He's retired. But he keeps up with all of the different family trees with all the different families, whether it's my mom's family, our, uh, his family, our family. I mean, I can go on and on and on. And <laughs> I, I think, and he's on Facebook every day for hours. And I'm like, he is staying stimulated mentally because I'll have conversations with him. He's up to speed with all the, you know, the latest that's going on in the world today. And I think, am I wrong by saying, if you don't use it, you use, if you don't use it, you lose it. And he's one of these seniors that actually, you know, he's not out of and about as much as he used to be, but he's he's very much aware. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, I thought one one of the the great parts of this um, engagement for technology that I exposed a lot of our seniors in the unexpected outcome was that they were able to connect with their grandkids on coding. There you go. And. I wasn't anticipating that, right? Mm-hmm. I just wanted them to have this kind of fun with technology that they would have never seen, um, you know, in 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 their lifetime until now, right? And so it, it was just fascinating to watch their eyes and to and to see them program something and learn what their JavaScript was and um, and what JavaScript really is and teach them what binary code is and how to write their name in binary code and take them on these field trips to see a 3D printer. These are things that a senior told me word for word was that I never thought in my lifetime I would get to see something like this up close in person. It's just amazing. And again, I'm just grinning over here because I've I've been trying to make things, like you said, intergenerational, uh, senior, seniors working with kids and stuff. And I will yeah. I will do speeches, whether whatever the organization, you know, whether it's schools or whether it's, you know, corporations or whether it's, you know, churches or whatever the group is. And I'm looking at the audience and I will see, you know, older adults, adults over the age of 40. And I'll say something like, you know what? Kids today, anybody on the age of 20 is your tech <laughs> support. And I'll tell them, oh, I already know you. You do certain things, but they are the tech support. And then I flip it and I say, but guess what? You got something over them. They can't read or write in cursive. (laughs) (laughs) You are so right about that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) In other words, I try to make them know that there's some things that you don't know that they know, but there's some things that you know that they don't have any idea about. I call the the difference between knowledge and wisdom. The seasoned adults, the seniors or the adults over the age of 40, they have wisdom because they have the knowledge of, but they have something that goes along with the knowledge, which is the experience or, or the, the, the legwork or whatever it is. And so they can apply the knowledge in a, in, a, in a better way. So I think it's a hand-in-hand thing, and that's why I love what you're doing. Dr. G, I can't say it enough. I just absolutely love what you're doing. So when you decided to start it all up, you mentioned about your dad. What's your background in particular? Did you get a degree in technology? I mean, tell us a little bit about, more about you. So my background is in, um, I started off in early childhood. So um, 
my my bachelor's is in early childhood um, human services. Okay. And um, I have a double minor in psychology and early childhood. And so very nice. That took me that took me around in in different spaces and different places of youth and you know and and adults at different ages of their lives. So I've worked with um, YMCA organizations. I've worked with um, NASA and their their child care facility um, that they had on staff. And this was around the time when we didn't have internet and we needed to actually uh, come up with activities on our own. Mm-hmm. And so you yeah, know, using books, act- mm-hmm. <laughs> actual books now. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, that's kind of hard for some folks because they- they'll go to the internet and we didn't have it then. Right. Um, with some <laughs> of these so, kids, you had to give them the cat in the hat. Yes. Yes, I had you. We had to use real books, and mm-hmm. so um, I was working at NASA and doing um, STEM activities. At the time, it wasn't called STEM; it was just science activities, and um, that's when my love for curriculum instruction came into play. And so I knew that I wanted to get my master's, um, but I, you know, and I knew it was going to be in early childhood because I feel like when you start young you you you're able to capture their interest and you can feed that interest all the way up into their high school you know their high school equivalencies mm-hmm. right and i just you know i just decided okay you know what this is not this is not going to be enough if i got to reach these kids cuz representation matters right um you know i think um what's important what i thought was important was that i be in the spaces that would allow me to create and bring something like what they're offering to communities that are in low income areas or that would never have an opportunity. And I'll tell you a story about that in a minute. So once I decided that was the route I wanted to go, I went and received my doctorate in in curriculum and instruction. And I specialize in STEM. My my focus is in STEM and my my, uh, doctoral um, dissertation was in STEM. And so that just meant STEM was going to be the focus that I, I needed to be in. And that meant I needed to study every facet of it, you know, mm-hmm. the science, the technology, the engineering, the math part of it, even, you know, associating how we like to put art into it. All of those areas I needed to study and make sure that I was up to date. And I'm always current, looking for current information that just keeps us current as we're in the field. So um, when I go to these locations where kids are, you know, are, are seeing my robots for the first time in, uh, in the program that we provide, it gives me, it always gives me joy when it's exciting for them to see a woman come through the door, mm-hmm. a black woman come through the mm-hmm. door, a doctor, because many of them say to me, the only doctor I know is a doctor I see when I go to the doctor's office, right? They don't right. know mm-hmm. of any other doctors. So that, again, that representation matters. And then they flip it and they say, why did you come to us? Like, you know, like, like why, yeah, what, why, why are come you to here? Us? Like, yeah, why are you like, here? Yeah, like, why would they matter? And yeah. I'm saying to them, you, why wouldn't you matter? Right. <laughs> you know, like, why wouldn't I come to you? Mm-hmm. You are just as deserving of this type of service Thank you. as anyone else that would have paid a lot of money for this type of service, you know? And so um, that really motivates me every time I walk out the door, every time I wake up is making sure I'm giving them something they've never seen before, you know? And, and that was, that was the moment when I was like, okay, I, this is the area that I'm in. This is the space that I like to be in. And mm-hmm. so that's the one I stay in. 
You know? This is just amazing. I, I love your story. So you were down in Houston working for NASA? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I worked in Houston mm-hmm. um, uh, in at the at the NASA Ed White Youth Center. Mm-hmm. And then I transferred from there to the YMCA's in Houston mm-hmm. um, and worked there for about seven years doing child care, doing camps, working with youth, um, you know, helping them career um, career readiness kind of programs. Um, and then I got an opportunity to go and work for the Youth Opportunity Movement in Tampa, Florida. Now, this was under the Clinton administration. So what was what was really great about this project was that we were taking children that were um, either incarcerated or dropped out of school, and mm-hmm. we were getting them back into the system. So that meant Excellent. I was on the ground. I was boots on the ground, or I was at you know juvenile detentions and helping students learn that they can get their GED while they were in prison. Um, if they were checking out of prison, I was there to to greet them and and take them to a new way of living mm-hmm. and get them to their their GED classes or their college admissions. That's what we were about. So every time you hear, you know, you would hear Clinton, you know, Hillary Clinton talk about the um the the numbers of students and what they did for trade that was us we provided those numbers with that youth opportunity movement and so it was probably one of the 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 greatest moments of my life is watching these youth come out of the streets and get back into school i can imagine i mean this is it it, is this is what this is what believe it or not this is what it's all about Helping others and watching them succeed. This this is what educators get. I mean, I mean, I consider you yeah. more than an educator, but you are an educator because. And I, when I speak to kids, I tell them, I said, the teachers don't get paid enough. They're not here because of the money. They're here yeah. because they actually get something out of watching you succeed. They in their hearts, the the, the empathy in their hearts is like wow. And so when you come back to see them years later, it really makes their day. I, I I could talk to you all day, Dr. J. But I got to say this, too. You mentioned the part about NASA, and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people think about the movie Hidden Figures. I'm going to tell you something, tell you two things. One, all three of my kids, their schools had their school had field trips to, down to NASA, and then they would go over to Galveston Island for a little bit. And I went with them on these field trips, and I was always impressed with NASA because, believe it or not, when I was a little kid, before I even thought about being on the radio, and I started on the radio when I was 14, I wanted to be an astronaut. I kid you not. I wanted to be an astronaut, and I wanted to do all those things. And then all of a sudden, my head got swiveled around uh, being on the radio. And that's that led to a different course. But I've always been, you know, passionate about, you know, technology and the different things that you do. So I'm just – I'm listening to you talk, and I am just grinning because you have done a lot of different things to change a lot of kids' lives. And, and that's what's important. And also – extend their families' lives by making technology available to seniors. And so let me say one last thing here before we continue, because i got to reintroduce you to those who might be just tuning in. We're talking with Dr. Tanja Grimble about computer science and her nonprofit, her nonprofit organization called Stem It Up Sports. The mission is to motivate youth to analyze the collaboration of STEM and for those who don't know what STEM is, that's science, technology, uh, engineering, and math. Uh, did I say that right? Yep, you sure did. The core components with primary focus on incorporation of technology designed to encourage originality, promote the des- design thinking process, build self-confidence, and strengthen 
leadership qualities. Yes. I mean, it's a nonprofit, so you've been able to partner with a lot of different people. The one I'm most impressed with, how in the world did you hook up with Google and their, their Grow with Google program, which offers the resources for nonprofit organizations to teach people digital skills? How did that happen? Well, so I like many organizations, applied and just explained how we're trying to reach youth mm-hmm. um, and how we're trying, what what they have, we need. So my program starts as young as four and can go all the way up to, you know, I'm, my oldest participant is 101. Okay. And so- 101? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, you said that so quick. My ears perked up. My granny is 102. And anytime somebody's talking about a senior that's a centurion, I just like, whoa, you got a 101-year-old participant? Yes, and she was coding, so she knew how to code. Oh and um, <laughs> I'm just grinning. And, this is crazy. Yeah, I had her when she was 100. I went back and saw her again this past summer. She was 101. And I was like, I just want to come back next summer and hope you're 102. So <laughs> we we are, you know, we're definitely um, breaking breaking records here. And she was just, oh, her name is Elaine, and she's just phenomenal. Um, but she could code. And, you know, this last time around when we saw her, um, you know, her hands were a little shaky, but we were able to, you know, hold some, do a different, use a different robot for her and, you know, modify it. And she just absolutely loved it. Didn't even want to let the robot go, but, you know, that's when, you know, you've got, um, you've got a really great program when they're so excited that they, they can't wait to see you to come back and, and so the program we do with them is a three-day program, and it's it's they this they they do prior learning each day so that we can strengthen the cognitive responses and their memory, right? Because mm-hmm. dementia it all forms off memory. So yeah. every day they come in, we repeat the same thing to see if they know it, and then apply it, and then we add something new. So um, it, it's it's a three-day session for about you know two hours. Um, and, and that's just enough time for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so we basically, when we talked with Google, I told them all of that. And I think that's what attracted them the most about doing this partnership and they do it with many other organizations too, but we were, we were specifically on STEM focus. Mm -hmm. So it's, they provide certifications, um, for 13 and up. And what we want to try to do is get our youth engaged in these type of certifications so that they can use it for college credit. Um, They can get up to 15 hours of college credit if they take these certifications. It won't affect their GPA if they decide they want to do it um, because it's it's all separate. They can really get really great jobs and internships in the summer with these certifications. And it's a certification that they hold on to for even when they're, they're in college and they can use that... At, you know, in, in their resume to get even bigger jobs. Mm-hmm. And so that's one avenue we wanted it for. The other avenue is for the young adult that doesn't know what career path they want to start in. Right. And so this is an opportunity to help them reset, right? Um, and if they can reset and do a certification without having to go all the way back to college to get something, then this is the best thing for them. And hold, all on right the a, hold on right a minute, because you, 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 you're rolling with this great information. I want people to step back and listen to you carefully. <laughs> you're basically saying if you're Gen Z or mm-hmm. if you're the parent 
of a Gen Z. We're talking about someone probably between the ages of 18 and 25 or 30. These kids graduated from college or graduated from high school, hadn't decided what they really want to do yet. It's a gig economy. They're door dashing or Uber Eats or Ubering or whatever they're doing, and they still hadn't quite made up their mind yet. And what what you're doing is saying, wait a minute, we can help you focus on something that you really would like to do, and it's not necessarily a nine-to-five cookie-cutter right. corporate job or business, you know, the uh, the plant, working at the plant like your grandma. I mean, yep. I love what you're saying. So say that again. <laughs> so definitely what it does for them is it helps them reset and think yes. about what else can I do that allows me to do some flexibility with my, mm-hmm. uh, with my employment. Like, you know, now we have, you know, a lot of folks that want to work from home or right. they want to, um, you know, they don't want to do these long commutes. Well, some of these STEM careers that are out here, which are, involve, involve coding or IT or cybersecurity, um, data analysts, they work from home, Yeah, you know, um, and there's that opportunity for them to make a lot of money doing, uh, doing this type of job, but not have to, have all the expenses that come with it when it comes to traveling and that sitting in the, the, the traffic all day, mm-hmm. you know, that kind exactly. of thing. You get, you basically yeah. have the flexibility to, to have a life. You don't exactly. have to, like I said, nine to five, when they say nine to five it's really like seven o'clock to six thirty because you got the traffic, <laughs> yes. you got to get up, you got to do what you got to do and you got to make sure you get there at nine. So a lot of corporations are learning you know, in this in this economy uh, and with technology, we got to keep our best people. We got to get the best people, and to compete, you got to have a flexible work week. Yeah, yeah, you do, and that's what because our partnership with Google, we're able. To, we were we received five hundred scholarships. Nice, and we're able to provide these certifications for free. You're kidding? No, I'm not kidding. So let me say this again, because there are people probably, if they're in their car, they're pulling over, if they're at home, they say, wait a minute, let me let me type this up and save it on my phone. Stemitupsports.com mm-hmm. can provide these, this, this education, so to speak, for free? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they just fill out an application, and then we give them access to the courses, that the STEM courses that we offer, and they sign up for them. And go in and start working at their own pace in their home, or they can come to one of our um, our centers and actually do it in our in our uh, computer lab. But we'll also be offering workshops, free workshops they can attend. That's sponsored by the city of Mansfield. Mm-hmm. We'll offer you know job fairs that are sponsored by the city of Mansfield because we have a partnership with them, and it just really gives them an opportunity to talk to a lot of employers, even in the Mansfield area or the Tarrant County area, that are interested in the type of jobs that they're getting certifications for. This is absolutely amazing. And how long have you been around doing this with Stem It Up Sports? How long has it been active? So this is going to blow your mind, Chris, but we are going on two years, March the 7th this year. Uh, you better be glad I'm sitting down because I would have fell over. I would have been thinking, <laughs> oh, you're at 10 years deep or 15 years deep. First of all, you've got the experience to have set this thing up. But where you are right now, we mentioned the Google partnership. You've got more partnerships in city of Mansfield. You also have a partnership, or actually you're a participant in the Microsoft Nonprofit Tech Acceleration Program. Can you tell me about that piece of the puzzle? 
Yes. So this is for um, people of color. Mm -hmm. And so what what ended up happening with this is that because I'm a black owned minority business, um, they wanted to ensure that we, you know, we're a business that could reach even more minorities. Mm -hmm. And so um, so if you have if you're a business owner or if you're a student or if you're, um, you know, just someone that's trying to that needs, um, you know, need tools. Mm -hmm. You can come to us and the tools that we provide you for free through Microsoft allows you to have all of their tools, which are, you know, PowerPoint, um, Word, Excel, you know, the whole, you don't have to pay the package to have these things. We could be able to have, give this to you for free. And we also can set up an actual email address for you so that you can operate your business. And so that is a really great thing for a small business trying to start off or someone who has a small little, you know, um, baking little business. And I sure. don't really know yet where it's going to go. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to pay all the money to, you know, make myself look official um, and receive this until I know I'm going to make it. Right. Mm -hmm, and, and, mm -hmm. and that's just the real talk um, because this stuff is not cheap. Right. And um, and you want to give them the best effort forward. And it's really for minorities, um, people of color that are interested. And that's what that partnership is for Microsoft. Fantastic. I mean, it's, it's like you're covering all the bases. And I, I got to <laughs> yeah. bring this up because I want to know, pull the curtain back a little bit and and maybe you can uh, you can. Uh, Tell me something. When you decided to name it um, Stem It Up Sports, did you mm -hmm. think of the sports part of it because there's so many people, not just kids, who are gamers. They're into esports. So I thought of Stem It Up Sports because a tech sport is what I wanted to promote more than anything. And that means this is the kid that doesn't do an analog sport they're all about a tech. They can't play soccer. They mm -hmm. they don't like to play football. Anything that's physical contact, they're like, no, that's not me. But they want to use their brain in a way that's a sport relation. Mm -hmm. Then that's what tech sport is. In right? a competitive way. They're competitive. Right. They're, they might be competitive, but they're not like going out there on football fields or basketball courts or baseball diamonds or hockey rinks. They're like competitive, but they want to use their brain to be competitive. Yes. And that's one of the things that we don't take. We don't actually um, give a lot of credit to those students that do that. Like they'll come home, you know, saying, hey, I won this robotic competition, but their school doesn't even know about it because they may not come home with a trophy to put in a trophy case. Yeah. It's not like, a, you know. Yeah. And so we wanted to change the game on that. Mm -hmm. When you come to one of our competitions, our Sparrow Global Challenge competitions that you participate in, if you place in the top, you know, the top, you're the first team and you're, you're uh, number one in your division, you get a trophy and medals, right? So now sure. you can take that trophy home or back to your school and just, you know, mm -hmm. brag about your success and you still get a medal, right? Yeah. And now the school recognizes you and your talents. And so we just want to make sure that they get recognized for that part of it, because there's a lot of tech in sports. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of math and STEM in oh sports. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that, nowadays, because, you know, I do a sports talk show, you've got to know the analytics. Because, yes. I mean, you just can't talk about what you just saw on the, on the field of play or what these guys are doing. But you got to back this up with their individual stats or their plus minuses. Or I could go on and on and on. And guess what? The athletes themselves know that about themselves as well. Back yep. in the day, 
athletes didn't and the coaches didn't necessarily know about the the tech or the uh, the uh, the uh, analytics to go along with this the performances, okay. but they're trying to maximize their efforts. So what you're saying is like right on point. And we try to relate the things that we do with robots to sports. For example, um, we have a robotic football league. Um, really? And yeah, <laughs> it's like a five on five robots. Um, and you have to code them to have a, um, you know, like an offensive and a defensive play. And they also have to have a collision code that mimics an actual, um, you know, an actual tackle. Right. And so, uh, so they actually play <laughs> that and that, that really helps them, um, you know, understand a little bit about the sport mm-hmm. and because I require that they have an actual, you know, player from a football team help them with plays so that now the football person understands a little bit about code. And now the coder understands a little bit about football. So See, there's this brilliant. real harmony that goes that together. Is so right. Brilliant. Yes. And so we had some former NFL players come and actually talk to them about the game and the math that goes in it and help them understand the offensive and defensive play defensive plays. And when they finally started doing their, um, their actual game, I remember seeing the frustration in one kid that said, how we we got to know what their code is so that we can be able to code a defense against it. And I said, well, son, you <laughs> won't get to know that in the real world because no one shares their <laughs> offensive plays exactly. in a real game. Exactly. The, I'm telling you that they always try to get a, uh, an advantage, a competitive advantage. They're not telling their secrets. They're not right. Tell you what and he didn't run. understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I love he didn't it. understand that. He really was trying to, you know, win, but he didn't understand. I got to know what their play is. I'm like, no, you'll never know what the play is, even in the real game. So it really helped him understand the game of football. And believe it or not, some of those kids started watching the football, right? Mm-hmm. And then let me take you to basketball, because this was a really good one. We have a way that we can, you know, code the robots to do passing drills and, you know, and also do uh, dribbling. And there's some matrix animation that they can design, a, you know, a ball dribbling on the actual um, micro bit that's mm-hmm. on the robot. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was telling um, one of the students, I said, well, you got to think about this. If you got a player that's dribbling down the court and he has someone already at the goal and he's coming at a rate speed of, let's say he's going about, you know, 30 miles an hour in his in his run how much force does he have to give that ball to get to the person that's underneath the net just so that he can be able to make it. And he's got to watch all the people around him to make sure they don't enter. They don't, they don't intercept it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he goes, (laughs) the kid says to me, he says, I never thought about basketball like that. And I said, (laughs) well, it's all happening simultaneously. And you don't know, you don't understand at that time, the math is happening. Mm Mm-hmm. But it is. It is. It is. And and it'll it'll be reviewed. Put it like this. It's amazing knowledge. And that's what the world is becoming about. Yep. You, you want to maximize your knowledge. You want to uh, be efficient with the knowledge because you want uh, to have a better performance. The bottom line is the performance of it all, right? Whether whatever, right. Whether it's sports or whether it's, you know, a skill set or whether it's just learning about things. You want to maximize and to be efficient with your performance. Dr. G, this is just astounding. So I got to go. Now I'm going to go somewhere else with you. Okay. I got you here. What do you say to people who may be afraid of or have a fear of AI or robots 
in the world changing on them? Because, you know, there's a lot of people who fear change. Yes. So AI, I'm also a professor too, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and I usually have students that like to turn in AI assignments. And I, you know, while I love that AI can help them write better, I don't want them to, I don't want AI to write their entire paper. Okay? Oh, yeah, you're talking so, about chat GPS. I know where you're going. Yes. The shortcut. That's right. So I just decided not to get upset when they are using it. I just changed my method of assessing them. And okay. that went more toward presentation mode. Okay. And because you can't AI a presentation. No, that's, okay? that's you. That's you doing it yourself right there in front of the crowd or in front of the group or in front of you. That's right. That's exactly right. You can't AI that. And in the real world, performance is everything. In the workplace, it's all about performance. Yes, there is some paperwork on the back end, but that can easily be remedied. But it's really about the performance you provide and even presentations that you provide to your executives or leaders mm -hmm. or whoever. So that's really what we ought to be assessing. So when I when I hear my counterparts or my colleagues say, you know, I, this AI is killing us and we've got to figure out a way to stop it. And I'm thinking, oh, let's just change the game. Yeah. You know, um, th that's my yeah. theory on it. I, I love and that. My, and my other thought too, Chris, is that AI is not anything to be feared. We It's not taking our jobs. We still need people to code them, okay? Mm -hmm. We still need people to code AI. Everything continues to, you know, develop. So we're going to still need those people in those roles. AI is not a physical person. So therefore, it's it can't take over any type of job that requires physical, you know, instruction, just like my robotics. I can't use AI to teach it to kids. So that I don't have that initial fear because I'm in the STEM world, but mm -hmm. I can understand how those that are not would have that fear and wouldn't understand where is it going, right? Because it can go a lot of ways. Well, let's try to use AI to, to, to solve problems, like cure a cure for cancer. Exactly. You know, um, exactly. A cure for how we can, you know, eliminate hunger for certain areas, how we can make certain things grow when there's, when there's an off season. What are some things we can do to grass to prevent wildfires? Like these are things we need to use AI for rather than focusing on the negatives that it can provide. I love this information. I love your knowledge. I love the way you present it on this show. Before we Thank get you. out of here, is there yes. anything else I haven't asked you about? as it pertains to stem it up sports that you want to make sure all of our listeners hear? Well, yes, I do want to make sure that all of our listeners know we are a worldwide organization. Um, we currently provide um, computer science programming competitions across um, the United States and several countries right now. Wow. And Based out of Mansfield, Texas. You're based out of Mansfield right here in Texas, your very own. Right. Mm -hmm. And, this is really through our partnership with Spiro. Um, Spiro is an educational company that that actually builds the robots that we use. Um, people might have seen these robots. They were um, they made the robots for Star Wars. So this is quality material when, that we're using, and students have it in a way that just allows them to be very innovative with their code. Um, what I love about this partnership is how well we we can concentrate our passions on ensuring that all kids have access. That's the number one word that I use everywhere is mm -hmm. the access, right? Mm -hmm. And I, what call we're that trying the, to tell, I call that the greatest currency in the world. Isn't it? It really isn't is. Because that's really what everybody, is. that's what everybody really wants. Yes. They want access. And, 
and it doesn't have to be so expensive that it, mar it, it marks people out. It's just really about providing access that's quality. Mm -hmm. And as long as that quality access is available to kids, that's what we're going to provide on a regular basis. We're always looking for partners who want to engage or be volunteer, donate, um, provide us any type of opportunity that we can to collaborate and do things together um, as much as possible. We're always looking for that. Um, we're also looking at we, we have a STEM center that we provide robotics and instruction to. Esports is one of our big things. So we also just recently, you know, love our partnership with the Mavs Foundation and mm -hmm. um, and doing some things with them. That's exciting. Um, but anytime we can have experts in the field come and talk to our kids, we're we're doing we're actually providing a real world application process for them to actually comprehend these are the jobs I can go into. Where is it located? So I'm always looking for those type of people, Chris. Mm -hmm. I'm always looking for any kind of partner that would love to jump on board and just ride this wagon with us. When we're doing these competitions, we're looking for food national food sponsors so that we can eliminate, you know, food insecurities and keep the pricing for what we do low because we don't want our kids to be worried about their meals. We want them to come and compete. Exactly. And where can people find out more information? Is it stemitupsports.com? Yes, they can go to stemitupsports.com. They can look at us on all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. We're everywhere, and we're providing you all kinds of information on a regular basis. Dr. G, it's been a pleasure with this conversation. We must have you back on the show again soon. Because, <laughs> I, I, like I said, I could just talk to you on and on and on, and your message is so succinct and it's so sincere. Again, we're talking with Dr. Tanja Grimble about computer science and, of course, stemitupsports.com. Thanks, Dr. Grimble. Thank you. And joining us now is my buddy Danny Noah with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Danny, you're not even in Dallas today. I, I appreciate you joining us. Where are you? <laughs> I am down here in Orlando. Uh, we have uh, our Fellowship of Christian Athletes National International Conference. So every person connected with our staff Nationally and worldwide, we're all coming down here together and just uh, for a great time of fellowship uh, and fun. And, uh, yeah, it's a great it's a great time. Everyone's converging you right are, now, arriving from the airport, and we're getting ready to go. You are all re you're always somewhere. I think I just saw you uh, last weekend at the uh, Texas Black Sports Hall of Fame banquet. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I saw you as well. First time to come to that. Great, great event. I'm looking, looking forward to uh, – Connecting with that again, and I, I talked to some of their leadership, and we we got to be involved with that in some oh, way. Oh yeah, uh, it's just too 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 many common too much common vision there to miss out on that. But yeah, it was a great event. Yeah, congratulations again to all the inductees, and of course all of the 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 uh, the members of the Texas Black Sports Hall of Fame and their staff, and Dr. Harry Robinson at the African American Museum. I got a, a pleasure yeah. emceeing that thing again for the last. Five years, and I think Nate Newton and Robert Pack were some of the inductees. Yes. It's, it's, yep. it's, it was basically a who's who, and they've had so many, I mean, so many athletes from the state of Texas, sports figures to coaches, the whole nine yards. I'm fortunate enough to to be a journalist uh, that they inducted in 2019. So I'm like, man, this is just a, a great occasion. And as you mentioned before, you were there, but you get around on so many different things. Right now you're in Orlando. Tell us what's going to happen in Orlando and what you're what you specifically going to do besides fellowship, because you are you're the best at this. And you're at all these different <laughs> campuses in Dallas. I don't know how I don't know where you sleep. 
I don't know when you sleep because you're always out and about. First, tell us again some more, elaborate more a little bit about Orlando and what what's going to get accomplished there. And then I want you yeah. to tell me about uh, your Super Bowl trip too. Very cool, uh, man. You, this is just our. We do this gathering every two years for all of our staff. Uh, man, FCA is so intentional uh, about pouring in uh, to those that serve and give, mm-hmm. and uh, so we have. Uh, people that from serving again all over the nation, all over the world. Uh, we actually had a conference in the last few days for those who serve on our staff internationally to pour into them, do some things specific to them, and then we will all gather uh, for some great time. I mean, they, Chris, they got a basketball court, a pickleball court, a volleyball court. Uh, anything FCA does, there's got to be competition. <laughs> and so, uh, Chris, if you're walking in the lobby, you see a lot of a lot of. Uh, Athletes, they don't want to be called former athletes, but they're all over the place and they're ready to show uh, a little bit uh, what they got. I just saw, saw former NFL alumni Steve Fitchu mm-hmm. played for the Broncos. He's heavily engaged with us and then saw uh, Coach Les Steckel, who was the coach for Minnesota. Yes. When they were one, uh, or excuse me, the Titans, when they were one yard short. He was the head coach of Minnesota, but the OC uh, for the Titans, when they ended up one yard short. Uh, in the in the Super Bowl, so that's just I just saw those. I, I you know everyone's not here yet, but we're just gathering, encouraging. We're gonna have fun, uh, man. We're just gonna try to fill the tank uh, of our staff, and for once, I'm just showing up. I don't have any <laughs> responsibility, uh, but just to to receive, uh, which is a great blessing. Because as you said, we're always going, and just just gonna be sitting in the room and hearing some phenomenal speakers. Uh, Tony Dungy. Oh yeah, uh, and Dr. Tony Evans are on our agenda. Yeah, Oak Cliff, uh, Oak Cliff uh, Bible Fellowship. Fellowship, yep. And uh, D- Coach Dungey's been connected with our ministry for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. And so those are just a few. Uh, there are always some surprises. Usually, pull in some uh, local athletes to come in and share. So it's always, yeah, we never know. Never know who's going to call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. As you say, Chris, you never know. You never know. And again, you do so many things all of the time. I, I got to bring this up real quick about Tony Dungy because a lot of people may not know this, but back in the day when Michael Vick was incarcerated because he had this yep. dog fighting operation, it was Tony Dungy that helped turn his life around and get yep. him back into the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's that's just a great example, Chris, of good things that are happening that mm-hmm. you don't hear about. You know, Tony's very private, very intentional. Uh, to do things like that, and that's that's probably I'm going to guess just one that we know, that we know a little bit that of. we know of, yeah, because uh, he's real quiet about stuff. Yeah, just you know, any one of the people that I've talked to, even some of the chaplains that worked with him, 
with when he was with the Colts, just talk about, you know, the dynamic and the culture that he established with that team. Very soft-spoken, but very powerful uh, in his heart to serve athletes and former athletes and just in the entire sports culture. Okay, so let's go back a couple of weeks. You were there Super Bowl weekend and I know you are you 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 are one of the best networkers. People talking you are you mixing and mingling, but nowadays they call it networking. You know where you get ahead, where you get to know people, yeah, you get to, yeah. you are one of the best networkers ever. Not just sports, not just you just ever because you get around and everybody likes to talk with you. So when you were at the Super Bowl that weekend, tell us some of the things that you were getting into and spreading the word. Well, Chris, I actually did not uh, get to go to the Super Bowl. What? Uh, I, I thought you were uh, yeah, there. I, I, mean, I have never been to the Super Bowl. I've You're never kidding. ever been. Am I uh, confusing I this not... with the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, extravaganza? Yeah, yeah, I think up you, in Canton. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, that's that's where I get to go now. You know, a lot of people talk about which which one is better. What's the what's the football fans' uh, greatest experience? And uh, I said, well, I haven't been to the Super Bowl. So I can't tell you, but I can tell you about the Hall of Fame. That's a that's a game changer. So well, you 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 you've you've been around enough to to meet and greet and know so many different people, and I, I just assumed that you were there because I think you got sent me a text uh, talking about the the different guys going to, into the class of twenty twenty four, and I'm like okay because because I knew that you're going to be on top of that, and then we're also talking about a couple of guys who did not quite make it, and hopefully they'll make it sooner, including the great Darren Woodson the the former linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys, still the all-time leader in tackles there. So uh, some of your thoughts about, you know, uh, some of those guys who are going in this year or some of the things you were texting me about. Yeah, well, you know, they, that's the week, that Super Bowl week is when they, they make the announcement of those that had gone in. And as you know, uh, Tim Brown, former uh, NFL great, Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. uh, Dallas, Dallas trophy guy. Winner. You know, we – yeah, yeah, we were texting, we were texting back and forth, and I was just trying to get a read on who who we thought. And he, one of the first, he let me know because I heard Eric Allen didn't make it. And of course, that's a former teammate. Yep. of his. We we did not know uh, at that time if uh, Darren Woodson was going to go in. Um, did know that um, I guess Andre Johnson from the Texans. Yep, he said he was pretty sure he was going in because they actually contacted Tim. Mm-hmm. about going and knocking on the door. And uh, so, uh, yeah, man, it's it's always interesting. There's a lot of people outside of just that world that do not understand uh, what the expectations are uh, of a Hall of Famer. You know, sometimes it's stats. Sometimes it's timing uh, of when they played, how many Super Bowls uh, they, they were part of. You know, even someone like Jimmy Johnson that's in, you know, he had a very short, but yeah. very impactful NFL coaching career. Yeah, he created the um, team of the decade with the Cowboys in the 1990s, yep. and he was only, I yep. think he was only in the league with the Cowboys and the Dolphins. I think it was a grand total of maybe five or six years, seven years at if the you most. Look at, if you look at Coach Johnson's resume, every head coaching place he's been, he's not been there over four years. Isn't that something? Yeah, so, um, yeah, and he did say the, the, the when he came back to coach the Dolphins that uh, that was his he, – he, if he looked back now, he probably wouldn't have done that, but it was just an opportunity to be where he was. Yeah, down there in Florida, Florida. The Keys and, yeah, Miami. Get to that get to that boat after – I don't know if he went to boat after practice because he's a, he's a workaholic. Probably. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he is uh, a workaholic. Yeah. In, that, in fact, for Cowboy fans who can say, hey, they need Jimmy to come back. 
Jimmy's in his 80s, and Jimmy says, I'm not that same guy. I don't have that same intensity anymore. You got to, you got to have, you got to almost be ruthless sometimes back in the, he said, I can't do that like that no more. But he is, yeah. uh, he is real tight with Jerry again, and he says that Jerry has been calling him up even after the, the, the that loss to Green Bay just to, to pick his brain and ask him questions. So he's on that unofficial advisory board that Jerry likes to talk to people about. Yep, yep. Yeah, I'm curious, uh, you know, how if how that will benefit the Cowboys and really curious to see uh, what Coach Zimmer uh, is going to bring uh, the table. We know it's going to be intense, mm-hmm. and we know that uh, there's going to be some guys that uh, they, they, they haven't functioned like that since they've been with the Cowboys. It's going to be a, exactly. a whole you know, new thing, but I, think, I think we need that shot. I, I think it's a balancing thing now. Now you got you got good cop, Coach McCarthy, and now you got, I say bad cop, but you got that intensity of like uh, be more responsible I'm going to take you might not like me now but you're going to thank me later yeah so let's talk some more about FCA Fellowship of Christian okay. Athletes Danny you got some stuff coming up in the month of March yeah uh, and literally Chris we're going to hit it hard here in March as far as uh, things related to the community uh, serving young athletes serving coaches uh, starting in March um, and we are going to be doing the first that I that I know that we've done locally a coaching clinic for um, just youth football leagues. Uh, Chris, you probably know this as well mm-hmm. as I do. There's a lot of a lot of guys that invest time in those kids. Yes, they do. Uh, and pour into their lives, but most of them have never been to any kind of coaching clinic. Uh, they may have played for a great coach. Logan could have played for Coach Samples or Coach mm-hmm. James or any of these coaches, but they've never had that opportunity. And so we've. We're partnering with uh, SMU, TCU. Uh, we have some people who are no longer coaching, but are in the working with Chick Fil A. They're going to come in and they're going to pour into them. Uh, one, we're going to encourage them. Yes, we know you know how to teach some of the skills, um, but do you know how to frame that mind in the right way? And right. ultimately, do you know how to capture the heart? Mm-hmm. And uh, we have this saying: if you if you haven't captured their heart, you have no business messing with their mind. Mm-hmm. And we want to, and we, we call that 3D coaching, coaching on all three levels, the skills, the mind, and the heart. And so in March, every Wednesday night in March, uh, we're going to be doing that. We'll be doing it right at what most people in Dallas know, sunny South Dallas, Pearl C. Anderson uh, yeah. Middle School. Uh, it's been closed, uh, but um, a local church had, had uh, been gifted that property, and they are turning that into a community uh, outreach doing a lot of physicals for the local teams there. And so we're just, we're jumping in uh, wherever there's a, wherever there's a field, wherever there's a coach and wherever there's a basketball goal, that's where we want to be Chris. And that is an opportunity for us to serve those coaches, the most influential uh, people in our community, Mm -hmm. serve them. Then in in April, we are going to do a uh, youth football uh, camp for these kids. And uh, we are working with a local uh, team there, the Dallas Tigers, you got a lot of former Lincoln Tigers that are coaching uh, with that group, and there's there's a lady there that just is, is just a uh, a legend as far as youth and community sports there with football. And so we are serving uh, their team. We're engaging uh, the NFL alumni mm-hmm. are going to be out helping us with that uh, and some of their their team. Uh, it's been it's just it's just a great opportunity for us, uh, just like from a athletic dynamic of a feeder pattern from the from the elementary to the middle school to the high school, uh, you know, the feeder pattern athletically is important. We believe the feeder pattern spiritually uh, is even more important. So we can expose them to FCA uh, at that age. 
uh, we mostly have targeted just middle school and high school from a um, from a school sports dynamic right. or interscholastic mm-hmm. dynamic. But now we're really, really reaching into um, that youth club and league. Uh, we now have a division that is um, uh, elite and pro. Uh, and so we brought on some staff that are former pro athletes right. nationally, you know, nationally right. now on our staff, you know, they, they know the life, they get it. Yeah. Uh, they, they understand the they challenges and we're even advancing into all abilities uh, of motor sports. Um, Chris, the only thing left is, you know, uh, sports entertainment. That's the next frontier. It's going to happen. I'm sure it is. And, and we have, we have utilized, uh, uh, I know, I know, uh, your your story on the soap opera of professional wrestling but we've got sting uh that's about to retire and he has come and done some things for us locally and his son Mm -hmm. uh, was involved with the fca and as a collegiate athlete so Mm -hmm. man yeah i'm this i threw a lot at you but we are trying to touch every coach and every athlete um and present them the, the gospel and use their influence to reach others you you guys do such an amazing job, and let's let's bring up the golf thing again because you were you guys were providing some some golf um, clinics this this last summer, and and I, I'm sure you got yeah. something coming up this summer as well. We will have uh, this will be our fourth year mm-hmm. uh, in June fifth and sixth to do a, a golf camp specific uh, to the South Dallas uh, community. Uh, we you, Chris, we had the conversation. Most of the kids in that Dallas ISD. Uh, funnel, if you will, have never had the opportunity to learn the game of golf. You know, there's plenty of basketball camps, there's plenty of football camps, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know of any other camp uh, that's specific to golf uh, where we're focusing on those basic skills so they actually can be com- competitive uh, and give them the opportunity even to get a golf scholarship. There are more golf scholarships available out there that go uh, unused, and so it gives us the opportunity to also provide some resources, some awareness to their coaches of what's out there. Uh, but just to give them some basic golf skills. And one of my favorite pieces to that camp, obviously, Chris, is that they, we get to do that absolutely for free. Our sponsors, uh, man, come and play with that. And we have churches in and out of the community, business in and out of that community that invest in that. But the biggest win to me is when that sponsor writes the check, but then comes out and jumps in the golf cart with the kids and uh, enjoys it. You know, we got guys that get on any course in Dallas, Chris. Oh yeah. But they enjoy coming out and uh, Chris, it may not be the best golf, but you can't beat the opportunity uh, to serve a kid and uh, just let them hear more about FCA and, and what we're doing in the community. And it's a great funnel for us as we go back into the schools. If we don't have FCA established at a school, uh, it gives us a springboard to be able to do that. And where's it going to be? Dallas ISD works with us and helps us promote that through their golf coaches. Excellent. As, like I said, it's part of the, the ISD program. I appreciate it. you bringing that up as well. Is it going to be the same place again? Same place. The Golf, golf Club, Club of uh, Dallas. Dallas. Yep. Right off yeah. Redbird. And then we'll, yeah. we'll do our we'll do our little uh, our breakfast the, uh, the day the, on the second day that you know allows people to come out and hear a little bit more about FCA. We, mm-hmm. We're going to honor uh, some local coaches. I can't tell you who that is yet, but we're very excited about just recognizing some of the coaches that have made an investment uh, locally. And uh, we, we just, again, opportunity to tell our story and then let people see what uh, is taking place. We're looking out the window, seeing the golf camp uh, in action. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're again, privileged to do that fourth year. Uh, we're looking to throw some new little twist 
uh, create a little bit more competition in that event and uh, hopefully just continue to grow grow that from where, where it started to uh, even greater uh, opportunities. Again, Danny, you are just so well-connected. I mean, you, you're covering all this ground. I, I don't know when you sleep. At the same time, it's so rewarding. Can you talk again about how you even got started in this? So years ago, uh, I was I was a youth pastor uh, in Oak Cliff area, Dallas. Mm-hmm. I, uh, we built a gym. I started a basketball team. I had a lot of kids. Uh, they could not get on the court at Kimball High School uh, because they were winning state championships. But these guys wanted to play basketball. Uh, and, you know, if you've ever been to, to Sprague or Forrester oh, yeah. or Los, uh, uh, there's a lot of coaching from the stands like nowhere else. Uh, <laughs> uh, PC Cobb. That's they, but, you know, that's that's what they want to play some round ball. And um, just long story short, some of the guy there was a guy on the team uh, that did not get offered uh, a scholarship, athletic scholarship with his sport. Every other player on that team were D1 prospects. All lived right there at Keystone Polk in Oak Cliff. And uh, he attempted suicide. And uh, thank goodness he was unsuccessful, but that allowed me to go and have a conversation with the head football coach at Kimball High School, the late, uh, great James Jones. Uh, yes, his sir. name is on the trophy for the Oak Cliff Super Bowl mm-hmm. uh, every year. And he allowed me to come in and just begin to pour in to his student athletes. And that was the highlight of my week, getting out of the office, getting on campus and just being able to be, be a presence to help these student athletes understand their purpose beyond the field and the court uh, and understand that that man, God is, God has given them so much more, but to use those athletic abilities and everything that they've learned there uh, to, to, to make an impact. And so uh, there was some transition within FCA in that area. And uh, my name came into play and I was blessed to step right in and do what I was already doing, but do it all the time. And uh, so we, uh, we've continued to serve the South Dallas uh, community with FCA uh, for over 18 years. And, and Chris, you know, if we've been around, uh, some of those kids are now some of the people uh, that right. are, are leaders in the community. And a lot of this, those student athletes that played for Kimball back in the day are now coaching in Dallas ISD. You got three of them on staff over at South Oak Cliff uh, that were directly impacted back to by back. our ministry. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And so, Man, it's just it's again. It's when you get to do something that you enjoy, you never work a day in your in your life. And I've had that privilege uh, even before FCA for thirty plus years to be in that community and just just be present in that. Chris, you know, it's not it's not always that these communities are underserved; they're just understayed. And uh, true, just the opportunity to be consistent and just stay there and be faithful um, and to serve. So it's truly a blessing. It really, really is. And again, you've met and had the pleasure of working with so many interesting people, uh, let alone famous people. But one of the most famous people you've had some uh, relationships with is former Cowboys great, former Cowboys coach Tom Landry, the late great Tom Landry. Could you give us uh, a Tom Landry FCA story? You know, I never had the opportunity to meet Coach Landry, but really uh, being part of FCA in Dallas, Coach Landry did start the ministry while he was still coaching. um, And even nationally, he had a great impact uh, on, on how our ministry has grown and and, and awareness uh, to that. But I will tell you the the coach that I did get to meet, who was Coach Landry's right hand man was uh, Coach Jim Myers coach. That's right. The uh, offensive line coach. Yep. Yeah. Offensive line coach. And I mean, Coach Myers was a, uh, a voice just promoting yes, FCA at our golf tournaments. 
uh, he told those former Cowboys, you better be here at the tournament. And so I remember the first year on staff, I'm looking to the to my right, Billy Joe Dupree, uh, Tony Dorsett, Preston Pearson. Uh, I, I mean, you name them, uh, D.D. Lewis, mm-hmm. and just all of these old Cowboys that I watched as a kid are coming to be a part of this ministry that I had just became a part of as a staff. And just to see year after year, uh, Coach Myers encouraging people to be engaged, to hear the stories, talk to Coach Landry's wife, Alicia, and sit across the table from her and her just share with me. Uh, she called him Tommy. And yep. I always was talking about what Tommy yep. did, and Tommy did that. And and uh, just just that, what a blessing it's been to know the Landry family. I'm really, really, really close with his son, who mm-hmm. it looks just like him, Tom, sure Gina, Tom Jr. and Tom Gina. And they have really uh, stayed connected with the ministry. Uh, Tom Jr. serves on our endowment board. And then they uh, personally invest back into what we're doing in South Dallas County. A lot of people don't know that, um, but they are part of what we're doing and good friends and continue to be a blessing uh, to what uh, FCA is doing in the in the community. Well, you keep doing the great work that you're doing, connecting people and, and like I said, uh, affecting lives because uh, everybody needs, you know, some inspiration. And you're there for them. Uh, Danny Noah, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, joining us via uh, via Zoom in Orlando. Uh, and, and before yes, you go, sir. before you go, what, what do you expect to get out of Orlando again? You guys gonna get some things done and 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 and, and spread the word? Well, I tell you, we're doing that. We're we're just again pouring into our staff, and then they have definitely created some gaps for us. Uh, there's a golf course on campus. It's beautiful. So some golf. I'm sure some folks are going to sneak over to, to Disney and Epcot. And this will be a great time for our staff to, to feel validated, to feel poured into and be encouraged. Uh, you know, we have staff all over the state, all over the nation, all over the world. And some of them are uh, feel like they're on an island. And so this is just a reminder that uh, Team FCA is, is one of the strongest teams uh, in the nation and in the world. And we are in this for the long haul. Danny, we appreciate you. You know I'm going to get you back on again real soon. And thank you all for joining us on Better Living, a show about people or organizations having a big impact here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. So long, everybody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.